Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Interledger uh, community call. Uh, we do this every uh, Wednesday of uh, 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 each month, second Wednesday of each month. So during these calls, our uh, community calls, we invite our community and ecosystem to share projects, discuss uh, things that they are working on around the Interledger protocol. And this is also a great place to get news and ask any questions that you have um, uh, and get help from people who are directly working uh, involved in the intelligent ecosystem. So today we have a couple of updates. Um, so today we don't have Adrian and Uchi joining in. Um, so we'd be skipping those updates uh, this time. Um, so Begin with, we'll start with Interledger Foundation updates. Uh, we have quite a few uh, things happening around uh, with the Interledger uh, Foundation side. Um, I can give a quick update on the summit um, with respect to the ILP summit, Interledger summit, which is happening in November. We have concluded. Um, uh, the deadlines for the speaker CFP and the travel grant uh, uh, CFP. For the speaker CFP, we got uh, 40 plus submissions. Um, uh, the team is reviewing as we speak. I would like to invite uh, Chris uh, to share further updates uh, from, from the ILF. Hello, everybody. Um... So not a lot of the, you know, super headline worthy updates, just sort of, you know, really hard at work on aspects of the summit for sure. Um, and seeing what we, you know, how to program that and what lands and, and how that, that'll be an exciting moment for everybody. Um, we will be having some exciting moments over the coming weeks. We have made our internal decisions. Thank you, Sabine um, and Brianna and Sharon. We've got many, many judges here, if I just quickly scan across the names. Um, so we, we will have activated 12 projects. Um, we are in the process of onboarding them financially, contractually, and socially um, over these coming weeks. Their projects will officially kick off on October 3rd, and we will be making full public announcements on um, October 10th, which is the following Monday from that. So we're preparing towards that as of Monday, October 10th. Everything will be announced, and those projects will be kicking off, and that should be super exciting. Um, it has some implications for this meeting because we are actually making um, one of the requirements is that the grantees send a representative to this meeting. Um, and so we might start that in November in terms of a requirement, but we will be doing warm and heavily suggested suggested um, entryway into the October version of this meeting. Um, but it should bring their participation, their engagement, and uh, their projects into this meeting, meeting going forward and, and even more deeply into the community. So that's super exciting. Um, Back to the, we've also been working on onboarding and activating and deciding and all of those verbs. Um, 
our travel grantees to the ILP summit. So that is also sort of happening in parallel um, and getting that they've, they've been notified um, and we're moving forward on that piece as well. So that's a look at some of our foundation work. I am a little bit of a sneak preview that I think you all find super interesting is we'll have our first published uh, report from our work with DS DFS Lab um, around the financial inclusion landscape in, in Africa and some of what's already going on there. Um, and also probably pretty fresh off the heels of that, some of their user-centered research on small and medium businesses in both Nigeria and South Africa that sort of reacts to some of that research and we kind of get their lived reality around financial inclusion and financial services. So there'll also be some content, some sort of research and thinking um, that I'd love to, to make sure that you all have. And, you know, whether we do it on this call or maybe we even have like a little bit of a book club around some of these reports, I'm happy to facilitate some of that conversation. So those are some sneak peeks on our side. Um, the other one I would mention is that we did kick off a course that we're sponsoring at Bowie State uh, University in, in Maryland here in the United States. Um, they're part of what is uh, known, uh, called the United States uh, Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Um, and uh, that course is super exciting, um, you know, getting connected to a professor who's starting to weave these ideas in. Not only have we kicked off the undergraduate course, um, which many of them will be at the summit, but he's also got a grad student doing a bunch of stuff on the side and has some uh, researchers have already started to be activated. So not only did the course kick off, but also other parts of the university ecosystem and different graduate levels and different interests um, have started to kick the tires and get deeper into Interledger. So um, I didn't think I had that many updates, but that was a lot, so I'll stop. Oh, Sabina's here. Yeah, can I just quickly ask, what's the course about? Uh, so this one, the, the one that we're, the pilot is a e-commerce. That's sort of the broad umbrella that they, they have on their offerings every year. Um, so it, it's a kind of an intersection of the business school, um, the, design and information system. So it kind of sits at a nexus. Um, so it's got some kids that are into marketing or entrepreneurship or like information services. So the, it's a mix of those undergraduate students. And so they will look at issues in e-commerce and sort of business on the web within, you know, really kind of quickly going into what open protocols for payments and ledger might mean um, for that evolution. Um, and they'll be basically doing kind of a truncated version of the call for proposals um application as sort of pitching ideas so when they're at the summit in new orleans they'll be doing poster sessions of what they've realized what they've researched in terms of the user stories pains and gains what you know what people might be benefiting from open payments in the context of which their project is pretty cool thank you yeah it's fun thanks chris uh, alexa would you like to Great. So we, we are doing a walkthrough of a web monetization uh, spec. Um, we could do that towards the uh, later part of this call. Uh, first, we could uh, complete the updates, and then we could come to that. Does that work for you, Alex? 
That sounds good. In terms of updates, I feel like the Rafiki update is the most exciting update today, and Sabine's going to give us that. And I don't want to take away time from the... Uh, I'm super excited about the Rafiki update, so I don't want to take away time from that. We're going to do a weaponization. I, I've got a, a little thing about weaponization idea. Thanks, Alex. Sabine, over to you. So much pressure now. So much pressure. I wasn't prepared for that. But OK, let me summarize. So um, we had the Rafiki Summit. And like this is one cool thing that came out of that. Um, in the last two weeks of August, um, everybody that uh, has been working on Rafiki, plus some, some extra people that we um, got excited about working on Rafiki too, got together in Berlin. And um, we tried to get as much things done as possible. We had some very large goals, um, which were like Rafiki should be feature complete for the Painboss integration. We wanted a key directory. Um, we wanted a locally runnable demo of Rafiki that devs could set up easily. And we wanted to have at least documentation for the open payments APIs, if not more. Um, pretty soon we realized way too big goals. We weren't able to get everything done. One reason, like there were a couple of reasons why we weren't able to, to get everything done. Um, first of all, these are very broadly scoped goals. Second of all, um, we did not prepare well enough, um, especially the, the ones that have been um, leading the project. We should have uh, been a little bit more diligent about cleaning up stuff and like and actually telling people about all the skeletons in our closet that we got out during the summit. Basically, first few days, we got all the skeletons out of the closet and we buried them. Um, for instance, uh, we switched uh, away from Yarn to PNPM because uh, with Yarn was giving us a bunch of trouble. We weren't able to build one of the packages in the monorepo with Yarn and um, also we had like people that had the exact same um, environment set up, but uh, weren't able to get the same results on, on the tests. And once we, we realized that uh, that couldn't be fixed easily, we just uh, did a, a big chunk of work switching from Yarn to a PNPM. Um, we also um, worked on this um, DevX demo Basically, uh, we got to a point where we could have two Rafiki instances um, running locally. They were able to peer. Um, we could, um, like, we had accounts, or, or the well, yeah, accounts on both of those instances. Um, we weren't really able to do the open payments payments just yet because the auth integration is something we did not get done during the summit, and we're still working on that to this uh, date, um, but the GraphQL endpoints to so the admin APIs to Rafiki, those were working. So we have that. Um, the key directory, one of our main goals, um, oh. is one thing that we actually did accomplish and got done. Um, we changed the scope of that. So originally, we thought we would have a key directory that the ILF would be running, and they would be um, vetting people that wanted to register um, as entities on that key directory and, and put their keys there. But um, we realized that that may be a little bit of too much of an admin overhead on the ILF side. And um, so we so we decided that this is actually something that's part of Rafiki and that uh, account providers would have because they are 
vetting their customers anyway. So they they have KYC in place. So they actually know who the people are that they are onboarding. So they can actually vouch for the authenticities of the of those keys too. So that's uh, why that is in there now. And that's that got complete. What else? Um, we also built a mock account provider um, for end-to-end -end testing. So um, remember, Rafiki is something that account providers will be running, but um, we never really tested that the, the admin APIs are working and webhooks are, are working apart from unit tests. So um, we built an, a mock account provider that um, integrates with Rafiki and um, all those things can be tested. We, we didn't get done completely so some things are like the integration is there but hasn't been tested yet um there there was there was one person from Fainboss who promised to do that and hasn't done it to, to till today so I'll, I'll ping him again and see if we can get that done too um um, Brandon, who's also on the call, spent a big chunk of time um, renaming things um, on Rafiki from account to payment pointer. We wanted to have a distinction between what an account is and what a payment pointer is. An account should be something that's with the account provider, so outside of Rafiki, and that there can be multiple payment pointers attached to, to that account um, on the account provider. So now uh, you won't see the, the, the concept of an account anymore in Rafiki, but that's, that has been renamed to Payment Pointer. Um, and then documentation, um, the, main, the main outcome uh, there was a Postman collection that um, has the Open Payments API endpoints as well as the admin um, API endpoints in there and um, that when you have an instance running locally, you can can use that to play around with the um, with these endpoints. Um, we also have an overview now of all the things that we still want to document. Uh, thanks to to Alex and uh, Mohammed, and who created a bunch of issues of things that they they want to have documented, and they are pinging people to fill in some details there, such that we can actually put it into a place, and that place also exists already. Um, so there will be rafiki.dev at some point that will be um, the place uh, where the documentation lives. Um, I think that is most of it. I'm sure I forgot a lot of stuff. Um, Alex, if you want to add, or Brendan, or Mohammed, or who else was in Berlin, please feel free to add stuff. I feel like that was a lot of things, and uh, we should we should publish that Notion document that we have that outlines what we managed to get done in Berlin, and most importantly, what the next steps are after Berlin. We have a list of things to do after Berlin. I think we should publish that Notion. See if we can share that Notion. That's uh, that's really good overview. Thank you so much. Yeah, maybe one other thing um, that's a little bit more like not goal specific, but like um, just like intangible, but very valuable stuff that happened. Like, first of all, it was amazing to be in one place with everybody because like we had a bunch of ad hoc meetings and got a bunch of things changed uh, much quicker than we would have if we had been working remotely. And also um, 
um, Alex uh, Mev from Fainbos and myself, um, we um, decided to have a weekly grooming session now where we actually decide on roadmap items and issues and categorize those stuff um, much more carefully such that we will be able to work more productive in the future. That that thing of being together for and we spent two weeks together. It was it was a lot of things we got done. Makes me super excited about the the summit. I know the summit, the, the intelligent summit is only gonna be two days, but we have a similar room set aside for 75 people where it's just about hacking, just about playing with things together. And that makes me super excited. I hope everybody on this call and on every other call uh, really thinks about joining us in New Orleans for the Intellectual Summit. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Sabin. And uh, thanks, Alex. Uh, thanks, Sabin, for agreeing to do a session in our upcoming community call. Uh, so in our upcoming community call in October, uh, Sabine uh, would be doing a session on Rafiki, it's going to be like a, a more like an introductory uh, uh, getting started uh, with Rafiki uh, uh, no, sort of session. Uh, you'll hear more details on that uh, shortly uh, on, the, on the email and also on the newsletter through community channels. Great. Um, now, now the space is open for all the uh, community, if you would like to share any projects that you're working on, or if you uh, have any questions for the team, uh, this is a good time to check. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, Malcolm here from Uganda, Kampala. A great uh, presentation, Sabini. Uh, I'm more interested. Uh, I is uh, Rafiki. Do you have uh, APIs for third-party integration? Because uh, some of us would like to leverage the capabilities of creating the ILP-based wallets, and then we can ride on them. Probably integrate them with mobile money or another payment channel to do transactions. So is that something you are currently supporting? All will be able to support. If not, how soon? What are the timelines? So the third-party integration, these are the open payments APIs um, mm -hmm. I've been talking about, and we are still busy getting those working. Um, the main reason they're not working yet is because we're using a, um, a novel auth um, authentication mechanism um, that's based on the GNAP protocol, so not um, OAuth 2 anymore, but GNAP, and there is no reference implementation, so we'll have to we have to implement that ourselves, or we, we are doing that right now. And we had to interpret the the spec to before we we implemented. So that is taking a bit longer than we anticipated. It's a lot of ground uh, work that has to be done there. But um, like like my goal, and I think like everybody everybody's goal is to have all of the, this working by the ILP summit in in November. I'd be very sad if it wasn't working by then. I like this level of commitment. I like this level of commitment. Um, 
like this level of commitment. I feel like if you wanted to see how those look like and start developing against them, we have them documented. And I'll share the open payments, the open payments link now. So we have them documented and start mocking against them today. The only difference is if you wanted to actually run them live in Rafiki, I think just incoming payment was working, or they were working without without authentication. But if you wanted to to work with them and start developing against them as a third party, that's the that's where they live. And hopefully the spec is quite stable at this point, but uh, we have been changing it up until uh, like two weeks ago, quite quite rapidly. So it could still be that we 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 change it again, but changing in the sense that that we're probably not going to add stuff, but cut stuff. And that's just uh, properties on the response, not uh, entire entire responses or entire endpoints. I think the number of endpoints, at least on the payments side, is is kind of stable right now. Yes. Thanks, thanks, Alex. Uh, any other questions? Uh... Uh, what do you, Alex? Uh, uh, no pressure. Okay, let me share my screen. See if I can share my screen. Okay, so um, I was going to talk today about the new weaponization API. So today, me and Uchi are in Vancouver at TPAC. Um, if you don't know what TPAC is, we're working with the World Wide Web Consortium to kind of develop the spec, the specification for weaponization so that it can go into browsers. And every six months, they have this gathering of their members, gathering of their community, which is called TPAC. The one happening now is in Vancouver, and we're here to unveil the new Webinization API. Now, if you're not familiar with the Webinization API, um, it's an API that we developed to showcase one of the one of the IntelliJ use cases or one of the features of the IntelliJ network, and that's because the web can't that paying somebody or getting paid on the web is kind of hard today, and. Um, the reason it's hard is is because this financial ecosystem we're participating in is, is very, very fragmented. And if you think about the web, the web doesn't work on fragments. The work webs for works for all. So trying to find the standard in on the web that deals with payments has been very hard. The W3C are trying to work on something called the web payments working group for five years now and they're having issues. But even that only deals with asking for money, not receiving money. So a page can ask a user for money, not showcase the fact that they can receive money from a user. A user. So it's one-sided. Then we worked on organization to kind of showcase this ability of a page to say, if you want to pay me for my content out of the kindness of your heart or because I've provided the service, this is my payment information. 
And the way we showcase that payment information is by used to be by adding a meta tag to the document with a name of monetization and with a payment pointer. Now, payment pointers, if you're familiar with the IntelliJ ecosystem, you can get one from anybody who's uh, IntelliJ enabled on the network today. Those are Apple and GitHub. With a third one, FinBoss coming coming through um, in in the future, and you get a payment pointer, you put it on your website, and that's your, your website's way of saying, I can receive money at this in here. Now, the the entity that is paying that money, we call that the web monetization provider, and usually that's COIL. Most most cases, that's COIL. Um, COIL is is the a subscription engine that shows up as a little as a little extension and as a little icon on your users page and if they have coil coil will start automatically sending money in the payment point the spec deals only with what happens on the page though not how you get the payment pointer not who's with the weaponization provider it's the spec is designed so that you can get the payment point or a payment instrument from anywhere in the world and you can have as many weaponization providers and the user has as many choices as possible. Um, so the new specification, the reason we worked on it and we changed it is we, we consulted with the W3C and browser makers and they've said weaponization is not necessarily uh, the script that you put on a, on, a, on a page. It's something the browser has to go and get, fetch the information about your payment instrument so we're moving from a meta tag to a link tag and because of the nature of link tags the payment pointer needs to be in needs to not use the shorthand notation so if you have a payment pointer you've noticed the payment pointer starts with a dollar sign followed by uphold i think it's ilp.uphold.com slash something right so that's usually a payment pointer dollar wallet example.com slash alice the that's the shorthand notation of a payment point and that actually under the hood unpacks so that the dollar converts to https so in in the link format in the new format of organization you will need to change your meta tags into link tags and content changes to href and then you have to change dollar into https and if you think about it it's a if you think about it it's a small change it, like on my screen, it looks like a, a small change. The reason it's not a small change is, while well, you could only have meta tags in the head of a document, now link tags can be anywhere in a document, not only in, in the head. And what that enables you to do is monetize multiple pieces of content on your page to multiple different people. If you think of... Right. If you think about if you think about some of the use cases uh, organization had along along these years, we've experimented with with, with with grant for the web is some people were very happy to just put a meta tag on their pages and uh, and get paid. Some more complex use cases meant that one piece of content was developed by multiple different people, or you had multiple pieces of content in the same page developed by multiple people. Now, links can be embedded not only in the document head, but can only be embedded on images, videos, and any object you have on a page. So you can have a, a 
a curate, for example, you can have a curated list of videos, right? Where you as the curator monetize your page and every video in the page is monetized to their original creators and then the monetization stream splits automatically. And that's what's exciting about the new spec. The fact that you can now monetize not only your document, your entire page, but multiple different things in your document at the same time. Uh, before the old organization uh, API had this concept of document monetization because monetization was a property of the document, right? And that's where you had, where you put your event listeners and it also recorded the state of stop, started pending and stopped. The problem with that was it was a, a, a property of the document now the document is monetized, every single piece of it can be, mo be monetized. So we had to move the, the target, the event target from document monetization. But state was artificial. And the problem we had was, what if I was monetizing my document, but the video on it wasn't yet mon monetizing? So I was, I was started on my document and the video was still pending. How would I change the state? Doing all that state management felt quite complex and complicated and unnecessary, especially since the only true state we had coming from the IntelliJ network was in progress, started and stopped and pending, were just calculated by the curl extension on the, on the go. So we removed state entirely. There's no more document monetization either. And we've added the monetization event to the links. Well, technically it's not only the links, the entire, because of the nature of JavaScript monetization, the monetization event is available on any element of the document. So it initially fires at the link, but because of how JavaScript events bubble up the DOM tree, it will fire on the link, it will fire on the thing that's encapsulated the link all the way to the document and the window. So you can catch the monetization event anywhere along the chain uh, instead of having to, to listen for it in a single place. And that's probably the, the second biggest change. Instead of doing document monetization at event listener, you now have link at event listener. We've also changed the way the event looks like. Um, the previous events had, there were a synthetic event that was, uh, was just added to the regular JavaScript event, and you had to have a little object called details, and the details held the amount, the asset code, and the asset scale, and the receipt. Now, because we create our own monetization event, and monetization event is a new type of event in the browser, instead of relying on an old event, it has a certain type, and now all monetization events have all the information on the first level of it without having to go dig deeper for your, for your properties. And the properties are amount, asset code, asset scale. You're probably familiar with receipt because we use stream receipts for that, and you have the payment pointer, so you know which payment pointer this associates with. You, we also have a new, a new, um, a new property called incoming payments, and that's because we're trying to add support for open payments in web monetization. Right now, Coil and web monetization assumes that you will have raw IntelliJ access as a monetization provider. So you need access into a BTP tunnel, and then you get raw receipts from the stream from the stream that connect you to, to wherever you need to send the payment. In the future, we would like to give 
monetization provider the options and lowered the barrier to be a web monetization provider by enabling you to build on open payments. Open payments does not give you raw intellectual access anymore. It creates this level of abstraction on top of it so that you create an incoming payment whenever you need to make a transfer to one of the payment pointers. And incoming payments, that property gives you access so you can verify if you're monetization provider uses open payments as opposed to raw internet access. So you can still verify that you got paid. So you can go to the incoming payments um, property and see if you've got paid for the page. So you can still enable premium content or enable extra features for your webinar type users. Uh, we're doing all of this out in the open. The spec has been worked on in, in the open uh, on GitHub. The only difference is it's not on our GitHub repository because we're doing this with the with the World Wide Web Consortium. It lives in their repository. It's called the Web Incubator Community Group, and we have I have the link there. But we have everything that we're doing with the spec in there. The update of the documentation is also happening there. We're unveiling all of this later today in about. <laughs> In about two and a half hours, me and Uchi are going to unveil this at W2C and make everything public. Uh, actually, if you're using Chrome today you, and you're using the curl extension, that has been enabled in Chrome for you. Uh, we're having some issues with um, getting this live in the Firefox extension store uh, because the process takes a bit longer. But eventually, I think in the next two weeks or something, the Firefox extension store is going to enable the new version in that extension. I think you don't need to panic for now if you're on the old version. We still fully support both versions at the moment. They're not, um, they're not at odds with each other. And we will continue to fully support both ver versions for the foreseeable future. The only difference is that the, um, the documentation, the documentation will only mention the new version of the the new version of a organization, and it will have a, a migration guide for the people who are trying to migrate from the old version to the new version. The migration guide has to deal with the fact that you can't check for document monetization now. But if you go to the documentation, if you want to see the documentation, I'll link the documentation. It's on screen. It's a long link. I'll link it in the chat. It's webmonetizationpreview.netify.app, and you'll see all the new new documentation there. And I feel like that was my update on webmonetization. Um, let's stop here and see if people have questions. Castillo asked if the slides would be made available. We can. We can make the slides available if, if people want them. I'll send them to you, Vanille, and you can publish them on the uh, on the community on on the community forum after this. Cool. Any questions? Okay, there's Okay, if there's no more questions, you should know I'm available on Slack, on our community Slack, and in GitHub. Reach out to me on either of those channels. I'm more than happy to, to
uh, help you kind of figure out the new organizations back and how to put that into your pages. I'm also looking for if you're part of Grant for the Web, if you're part of Grant for the Web, you will receive a little email asking you to test the new organization spec as soon as Firefox publishes the the extension in their extension store. So look out for that. We'd love to road test this with you and see see how we can improve before we make this all publicly available outside of this call. Thanks, Alex. I've shared the link to the Slack channel, and also we invite you to contribute to our uh, 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 project on the GitHub. Uh, you can find more details uh, on the link over there. So um, th those are the updates for today. Uh, before we uh, conclude, Alex, would you like to also talk about the video? Oh, the video. Um, I don't know if everybody's seen the video. I don't know if I can share the video. I'll share a little Twitter link. I'll be, I'll be super sneaky and I'll share share a little, a little, uh, a little Twitter link. So we've been we've been secretly working here at the foundation on a new explainer video, trying to to tell people what is Interledger in a short and easy to digest way. So we've nailed, we've narrowed it down to 83, I think 83 seconds, 83 seconds. And we have, we've made this, this video um, about Interledger, the foundation and what we do. I don't think I can, let's see if, if audio kind of goes through my, goes through my screen or not. Uh, but if audio doesn't go through my screen, uh, you should you should go on Twitter on YouTube. Vinil has posted the the YouTube link as well, and you should you should see the video. Uh, okay, so let's try this. See if audio goes through my uh -huh, video unavailable. Nope. Does that go through? No audio. No audio. Well, in the, in that case, if no audio, I strongly suggest you go go and, and watch it. It's uh, we've we've worked with the like the entire team has contributed to this, and we've worked with a really good illustrator to come up with the graphics. I think at at ILF we're really proud of the work we've put into this and how it looks like. And if you are too, give it some social love on Twitter. Thanks, Alex, and thanks everyone for joining the call. We'll make the recordings available shortly. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you.